Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the coaching staff, episode number six, and I am back off of the DL. Uh, I was on the seven-day DL with the uh, the COVID, uh, but we are back and better than ever with my good friend, Mr. Tony Davis, and I am recording on my back deck here. It is a beautiful day in Omaha, Nebraska, so I thought, heck, I'm going to sit outside and do some work while I can, and so if you hear my dog barking or if you hear some cars going by, that's what we've got going on. I'm outside. Tony, are you outside or inside? I am inside. I have a feeling that when uh, when I get done with this, I may go take Reese for a walk and enjoy the, the nice fall day. I thought you might do some sunbathing. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was Saturday at the Iowa State and uh, Baylor game. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No Speedos involved, I hope. No, no. That would have cleared the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. There's that COVID thing slipping back in there a little bit. So, well, uh, uh, you know, first and foremost, want to thank everybody for the well wishes, uh, recovering, uh, just uh, kind of at the point where I'm just kind of tired, uh, sleepy tired. Um, and I think my voice sounds a little nasally, more nasally than it usually does. Uh, but other than that, doing okay. Uh, just uh, laid up pretty hard for a couple of days, but uh, recovering now and uh, ready to get back on the podcasting schedule. And so uh, we took the week off from everything, and now we're jumping back into it. And this is the first uh, podcast that I have recorded since uh, the COVID diagnosis. So I uh, just want to thank everybody for that and, and excited to get back out of here. So you ready to go today, Tony? Yeah, let's do it. We got uh, some preseason workout talk. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, well, that's what we both agreed to. <laughs> that's what we prepared <laughs> for, so we better talk about it. So uh it's uh, the end of September here, getting into early October. Uh, coaches and programs are going to start uh, thinking about the, the upcoming season. In some states, uh, you might be starting practice here fairly soon. Um, in Nebraska, boys and girls start on November 14th, I believe is the date this year, that Monday, whatever that is. Uh, Tony, when do you guys get going over in Iowa? I'm pretty sure the, the boys are the 14th like you guys are, and then the girls start a week ahead of us, so they'll mm-hmm. be November 7th. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, it, it's closing quick, and with that closing date of, of practice starting, uh, you, you start thinking about your preseason work and, and what you can start doing with kids that are involved in sports, in fall sports, fall activities, those that are not involved in, in fall activities. Uh, you know, Tony's in a different situation than I am. He's in a, a large, large school, um, and, and probably not as many of his players are going to be involved in fall sports as mine. Uh, all but two of my kids are involved in a fall activity of some sport, sort. So our situation is a little bit different. So let's just kind of talk overall here, Tony, to start with uh, your guys' philosophy there at Kennedy and what you've done in the past uh, when it comes to fall workouts. What are you looking to do with your team, your players, your individuals as you're getting geared up for the season? Yeah, uh, with us, it's the open gym season uh, as far as things go. So, I mean, you open it up and it literally is open to anybody that can come in and, and play basketball. And so we've got three courts in our main gym. And so we will, we'll hop in there. We just usually go about once a week and then we'll have anywhere from, you know, 
uh, 30 to 50 guys that will be in there uh, working on their games and playing and getting ready for the season. What we really kind of break it down more so is our guys are pretty intrinsically motivated. Mm-hmm. And so our guys are in quite a bit working. Um, our head coach is the PE teacher. And so uh, he's in the main gym uh, pretty much throughout the day. And so if, a, if one of our guys has an open period, study hall, whatever the case may be, they might come in and get a workout in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have the gun in there, a uh, great way to get up shots, and we run block schedules. So they're in there for like an hour and a half working on their game, whether it's their shooting or their ball handling. Uh, they may even play a little one-on-one, uh, 2v2 type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they're pretty active. Um, they're in consistently on their own. Uh, we've got some leagues here in town that our guys play in. We have uh, Team Iowa as a facility that a number of our guys will, will play in their, I think they call it their elite league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did a draft. I think there's like eight different teams in that league. And then there's another league. Uh, I think it's called, I'm trying to remember there, uh, something on 380. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, some of our guys are in that. So we have double-digit guys that are on a team playing in league games. And then also coach gets them in a fall league. And so they'll play uh, three times during the month of October. They'll play some double headers mm-hmm. um, against some teams out of central Iowa. So when you are in those leagues and you're doing that, whether it's the kids doing their own thing or your 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 Kennedy kids are playing together in the fall league, uh, your your football guys, what are they doing in that situation? Your cross country kids, uh, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, uh, right now we have three sports going on for our guys. So there's the cross country season going on, there's the football season going on, and there's also our golf season going on. And so our guys that you know. Uh, we, we really preach the importance of multiple sport athletes and so that our guys that are, you know, that don't want to play in the leagues and don't want to come into open gyms, they don't have to. Um, I think, you know, we have a pretty good relationship with our football coach, and I think he understands that, that if they don't want to come in and work out and stuff, they don't have to because one of the things we don't want to see is a really key contributor for them getting hurt, spraining an ankle in an sure. open gym. Yeah. Um, right now they're – I think they're either four and zero, five and zero. They're top five ranked, and so they're having a really good season. And a uh, big part of our philosophy, you know, just kind of coincides with stuff that I learned from Mitch Osborne and Harlan. Um, you know, the fact that hey, we may start the season a little bit slower because of the fact that our guys are, you know, making a run in football. But you would much rather have them competing, you know, at the state tournament or trying to earn a state tournament berth in another sport than yep. you know getting some extra shots up or playing in an open gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've I've had that philosophy as well. You know, uh, go out there, keep competing in other sports. I, I you know, there's there's value in uh, doing the open gym stuff or working with a trainer. I'm not saying that there isn't. Obviously, our our game is a skill game, but you want your kids out there competing and, and winning mm-hmm. and losing and accepting roles in other sports that might be different from the role that they have with your team. So I agree with you there, Tony. That's not a bad thing to kind of delay uh, your your uh, your kids from coming in there a little bit for the good. Plus, it also gives other kids an opportunity to kind of shine a little bit in these situations as well. I'm sure that's what happens with your kids. Yeah, you know, not everybody can be a star in every sport. And you mentioned, you know, finding a role in a different sport and contributing. And I think that's one of the ways that you really keep your numbers up. If those guys go out there and they they compete with each other in these other sports, like, hey, I'm a a volleyball kid, but I'll come and help you in basketball if you come and help us out in volleyball. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to learn to be a star in whatever role and to accept that role that you're given. And just being able to compete, I mean, you're going to get 
way more out of a sub-state game in a different sport than you are, you know, working on, you know, getting 100 shots up on a, on a Monday afternoon or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I just think those things are so undervalued. And coaches that, that dominate kids and time and, and try to make them a, a one-sport athlete, I really question if they have the best interests of the kid at heart. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing? Obviously, you, you probably have kids that are out for football, golf, cross-country that are going to come to you, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable playing, but I don't want to fall behind either. You know, so how do you guys handle those situations? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that you take a look there with those guys is, hey, it's a long season, and yeah. we want you to come in healthy and ready to go. And we want it to be fun for you. And so one of the things that we really focus with them on is that, hey, if you've put in the time in the summer, you've been with us, you know, June and July, you know, as you get into that fall sport, it's okay to take a little bit of rest on your body. One of the biggest mistakes I think kids make with focusing on that one sport is an overuse injury. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you only have so many whatever, you know, swings in your arm for volleyball or so many pitches in your arm for baseball or softball or whatever the case may be. And so overuse injuries are a big thing. And just working on those other core muscles, other parts of your body is so good for them. And then those kids that that are still looking, hey, you can still do some stuff. You can shoot on your own. You you know, come in if you have this prep time, uh, you know, this this study hall or whatever, and work on your ball handling. But you don't have to play. You know, you don't have to get them out there in a five-on-five two on two, three on three, where you can get some of that contact and twist an ankle or something. And so we really kind of emphasize more of the individual skill work mm-hmm. without defense on it. Yeah. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Um, You know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on uh, we've we've kind of come up with a, a formula for for our school, and we did this at my other school as well. Uh, at Scott was our breakfast club, and and I talked a little bit about it in our uh, round table a couple of weeks ago out at Wine One Twenty One, and uh, it's worked really well for us. Uh, we divide our kids into teams. There's you know right now we've got five kids on a team, and, and for us it's seven through twelve. Because uh, we have uh-huh. everybody in the same building, and we're going to start this uh, next week. And you know, kids come in. We start at seven thirty twice a week. They have until seven fifty to make twenty free throws and twenty jump shots. And we have a point system that we have. And you know, there's no ball handling. There's no uh, explosive movement. We're not cutting. We're literally just standing there and shooting. And uh, it's you know you. At the most, they're in there for 20 minutes getting these shots up, and we keep score. We have individual winners. We have team winners, and until we get to that point to where kind of everybody's wrapped up with their uh, fall season, this is a good bridge for us to 
ensure to try and ensure that we get in kids at least touching a basketball a couple of times a week before the season gets going until we get to that two weeks out or three weeks out when the fall sports really start to wrap up for us and that seems to have worked really really well for our kids just getting those touches in in a low stress situation uh, but there's some competition to it there's some organization to it so it's not just ah come in and get some shots when you're when you feel like it it's hey Here's something that we're going to total, that we're going to track. And I think anything that you can track is a really positive thing for your program so that you can show, you know, Mary did this and Susie did not do this. And that's not the only thing, but when, you know, Mary keeps beating Susie and everything that we're tracking, it gets a little easier to play Mary over Susie when the rubber hits the road in a lot of those situations. So that's something that we've done kind of in the month of October leading up to the season that has helped get the ball in our kids' hands as well, uh, just to get them touches and to get them kind of feel in an organized manner, but yet not take away the focus from their fall sport and their fall activity. Yeah, I think that's wise. I mean, because it's 20 minutes, you know, you're not asking for an hour or two hours or anything like that. It's low stress, and you make it fun. You make it game-like. And I don't think, you know, their, their coaches in the fall would be able to question, you know, Marty, what are you doing here? You're asking for 20 minutes, and you're not really wearing on their muscles at all. So I no. think that's a good a good compromise that you found. Yeah, and, and I know kind of where we're at is, you know, and this is the conundrum that all high school coaches go through. Uh, we want to have our kids preparing for our season but we we struggle with what do we allow our kids to do during our season you know so for Mm -hmm. for us uh like in your situation tony uh what are you allowing your baseball kids to do uh in january and february let's say Um, yeah and so we allow them to do what they feel comfortable doing if it were to like if we were to start to see a slide in them like hey i've noticed you're tired lately you know, you look a little gimpy, you know, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then if they were to bring that up, and then my year is here, and again, I've only been, this will be my fourth year on the boys' side, we've never had that. And I had uh, several really key baseball players for the varsity last year as sophomores. Uh, they came in, we're talking all-state, getting college-recruited type of kids, and uh, they were very successful for us, able to do their their winter preparation for their, their baseball season in the summer. And so, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where if coaches can get together and have those conversations and not put the kids in the middle and, and find a way to, to work with kids, I think you'll find that you know, all of your programs can have success. Mm-hmm. So now let's fast forward a little bit, Tony. Let's go from about a month from now. Uh, the, the plan starts to change a little bit, I would imagine, as you get, you know, two things happen. A, obviously you're closer to the start of the season, and B, your fall sports are starting to wrap up. You know, it sounds like your football team sounds like they might be making a little bit of a run in the playoffs, but your cross-country season's over, your golf season is over. So now you're starting to have more kids available, and now you don't have to worry as much about, I don't want to do this because I want them to be fresh for sport ABC in the fall. Uh, Does your plan change at all as you get into that last week of October? We're, we're, We're at that point where we're two or three weeks out from the start of the season. A little bit, you know, we'll we'll start to play a little bit more. Uh, they, the varsity guys are going to, I believe, Ankeny this weekend to play in a doubleheader there, if I remember correctly. But I think he saved a couple more of those dates for later on in October. And so there'll be kind of a, hey, you know, need you to show up. While, like with the other guys that are in sports, if they're in season, 
Mm-hmm. That's up to them. The expectation is they don't have to make it. We have enough guys that aren't playing a sport right now that we could put you know, a, a team out there and be competitive with pretty much any type of, of situation that we're going to come across. The other thing that we'll begin to emphasize a little bit more with them as we get closer to the season is their conditioning. Yep. You know, um, the first week of the season, uh, the, my group does not, but the varsity boys in the past have done two-a-days where they'll come in, they'll hit it before school, and they'll come in and they'll do another one right after school. And so uh-huh. they'll go two-a-days that first week. And so if you don't come in in some type of shape, that first week of the season, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah. Now, what's the thought process behind the two-a-day? Because I've, I've never done that. I know coaches that have done it. Uh, what's kind of the thought process with that? Just extra reps? I think the extra reps are the key, and just to try to knock some of the rust off and get things going a little bit and then improve their conditioning some. You know, but it's one of those things, too, is I think he's trying to help some of those guys because we'll have, you know, 80-some, 90-some guys out. Some of those guys, hey, I know this, this is serious. The commitment that you're making here is not, you know, some rec league. You know, we're not hopping down a local YMCA and playing some pickup ball. It's, it's a commitment, and it's hard. And so I think it's just kind of the, to open some eyes there a little bit, too, that, you know, this is the commitment that you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we kind of get that cranked up. Uh, those, those last uh, couple of weeks, you know, let's say – our fall sports wrap up uh, by about the end of October. And, and hopefully, you know, volleyball keeps going. Um, but cross-country will definitely be done by then. Softball will definitely be done by then. We play fall softball here in Nebraska uh, with, with the state-sanctioned softball. And, and so we'll have most of our kids by that point. Uh, one of the things that we do in those two weeks before, and we've done this every year, it's been a different book every year, but but we've read a, a John Gordon book as a team um, just to establish our our cultural expectations and to come up with our themes for the season and to set that mm-hmm. tone uh, for for who we are going to be, what we're going to represent. I mean, uh, I, I think that is is so vitally important as you uh, before you start talking to individuals about establishing roles. Uh, you start talking about how a team functions with your team and what your vision is for this team overall. And then, okay, so there's the forest. Now let's start talking about the trees. And Mary, you're a tree. And Becky, you're a tree. And 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 Susie, you're a tree. And and then you start drilling down that way. But if the kids have a vision for the forest and what you're kind of seeing, and you know those John Gordon books are are so uh, simple. Uh, I, I don't, you know, you don't feel terribly guilty having the kids read them because, I mean, you can read one of those cover to cover. And, I mean, if you're moving, you can get it done in an hour, hour and a half in one sitting. And yeah, easily. Yeah. So uh, we do some question and answer with it. We do some discussions with it. And we make time for it. We intentionally make time for it. I feel like we can make up the reps on the floor, but it would be difficult to make up the reps culturally off the floor once the season gets going. And so that's a big theme of ours. And we just, we take twice a week, uh, you know, th- those two or three weeks out from the start of the season, we're, we're playing pickup games three or four days a week, uh, getting some shots up, doing some, doing some stuff there, do, working on some conditioning, that type of thing. Um, but we, we also intentionally set aside time to discuss that uh, for, like I said, twice a week for 20 minutes uh, for two weeks, so that's four sessions at 20 minutes a piece, and I really feel like, and again, some people might 
you know, disagree with me. But setting aside that that designated time to establish what our cultural norms are going to be for that particular edition of, of our program that season, I really felt I really feel like has really helped us our first two years and, and I and I think it'll help us this year as well. I 100% agree. When we've done some of those John Gordon books as well, whether it was Energy Bus or Training Camp or uh, The Power of a Positive Team, those are all great books. Mm-hmm. And books, like you said, 60 to 90 minutes, you could you could knock them out pretty quick. And they have, you know, the great thing about them is they have these free uh booklets that go along with them yep. that you can uh you know have your kids do you can have them answer a whole group you can put them in small groups you can you know shuffle the deck and get them with different ones as far as you know different members of the team but yeah i agree with you if, if you are not focusing on culture and i know that's kind of the buzzword today culture with john gordon and inky johnson and and the different ones that are out there yeah. that, that are talking that but I'm telling you, some of the tightest teams that I've ever been around have been those that we've done that book study with. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't recommend that enough. And, and doing that preparation ahead of time saves you a lot of a lot of uh, headache and, and and repair time later. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's it's work done early to prevent work from being done later on. When when you want to, you know. We know that in January, that's usually when playing time issues and things like that really start popping up. And if you can do some work in November to help minimize the time that you spend on roles and reestablishing roles and explaining roles to player, parent, both, uh, Mm -hmm. that type of thing, uh, that's more time that you spend worrying about watching film or... Uh, putting in a new set or whatever it may be and and I think it's just beneficial to to pre-teach that so much uh for for us it's it's that's just been a really really important part of our preseason stuff as we're doing the open gym as we're doing the shooting with the breakfast club that type of thing um just getting our kids on the same page and having them understand what we think is important for our team coming into the season 100 percent. i mean i think a lot of times as coaches we maybe don't understand that chemistry side of things with teams and the more you can lay those things out and talk about the importance of putting the team first how to sacrifice and roles and the importance that there's no small role i mean some of the things that we we maybe gloss over are so very very important i mean you got to have somebody that sets great screens you have to have somebody that's the best talker on the defensive end you got to have somebody who helps the helper and you know in doing some of those things where you describe roles and the importance of accepting them and being a good teammate i mean people people won't remember your stats but they will remember how you made them feel Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely If you are a coach in the Omaha, Council Bluffs, Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up, September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th and we'll have some of the best coaches not only from our region but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68. 68- 
1-800-242-0010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. All right, Tony, are you ready for some trivia? I am ready to embarrassingly get another one wrong, yes. Okay. Well, I, I think you got a great chance at this one. Okay. And what's <laughs> what's the scoreboard? What's the score again? The kiss. Oh, I believe you're up. Is it four one or three one? Something it's, like it's, that. It's it's four to one, but nobody's counting. Don't worry. Nobody, uh, yeah, nobody's, nobody's counting. It's kind of like you know the the game whose line is anyway, where the points don't matter. <laughs> well, in your world now, if I start losing, <laughs> then you know it's a different story. But uh, I, I I'll be honest with you, I still can't believe I got that that uh, Utah whatever they. I do want to provide this update, though, okay? because I I did a little bit of research on it, and you were kind of right with the San Antonio Silver Spurs because they moved out of Utah, went to San Antonio, so you were kind of right on that part of it. It wasn't the original with the Utah Stars, but my son did remind me after he listened to the podcast, (laughs) he did remind me that we we used to take our team up to uh, Minnesota to watch the Lynx and get a get a suite up there that we had actually gone and watched the utah team play the utah stars play because they had that seven foot two margot d i don't know if you remember oh her or not. yes yes absolutely she was like from poland or something like that yeah yeah yep from eastern europe uh-huh um well again that is why brandon viss is my favorite viss guy <laughs> you know so uh no i'm just kidding i love all the viss children all the same just like i love all the plum children all the same so all right are you ready, Tony? I am ready. All right. So uh, this week, uh, NBA training camps are beginning. And uh, I was actually watching LeBron in media day earlier today and that type of thing. Uh, so the NBA season is going to be gearing up. The longest NBA playoff drought in history is held by... This franchise, they have the longest current playoff drought in NBA history. They have not made the playoffs in 16 consecutive seasons. Mr. Viss, you have three guesses. What NBA franchise is this? I'm going to start with the Detroit Pistons. That is incorrect. All right. Let's see. The next one that's coming to my mind is the Orlando Magic. That, my friend, is incorrect. <laughs> so let me give you let me give you a hint on the third one. Here. Thank you. Okay. This team's draft this year has a local flavor for you. Ooh. The Sacramento Kings. The score is now four to two, Mr. Viss. Thank you for the hint. I don't know if I'd have pulled the Kings out without the uh, Keegan Murray hint. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, what I thought about doing was giving you the Kings and saying, uh, you know, they have the longest. How many years? They have the longest streak. Who has the second longest streak? Let me ask you that question. Who has the second longest drought uh, in the Neither NBA? Neither of the right two now? that I mentioned earlier were. Nope. Correct. Neither one of those. Huh. Are we talking Eastern or Western Conference? Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Yep. How about... I'll give you one guess. 
Thanks, Mr. Generosity. <laughs> well, this is a bonus question. This is what? This is a bonus question. I know. I could. I, could, I get to four three on this one. Um, oh, I, oh, this doesn't count. I'm just. No, oh, this is just count. an additional. I was hoping thing. for an extra point. No, no. Um, shoot. Let's see. Give me a guess. You almost got three seconds in the lane here. I'm going to get more than three seconds in the lane. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I cannot. I would not be able to get this one. Okay, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte that Hornets makes sense. have not made that the playoffs in six years. Now, didn't I'm trying to remember? Didn't they have a team not too long ago? Like Terry Rozier and them, that they, they, they made got the in. play-in, but the play-in is not the ah, playoffs. The play-in does not count. Yes, okay. Yes, you have to get in the top eight to have it be considered. According to the NBA rules on these things, you got to actually be one of the eight teams that plays in the best of five or best of seven, whatever they have there. So okay. Yep. Okay. So, all right, but it is four two. You did get it correct though, Tony. You did get it correct. So <laughs> don't don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. Yeah, I have been. So, I have been. My, uh, my hairline and hair color would, would, would be evidence of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, sporting event that you are looking forward to this week, Mr. Viss. I'm a big college football guy. Like That is my favorite sport to watch. Gotcha. And so the game that I have highlighted this week will be my Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Arkansas. I thought Arkansas is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be a test for them. Mm-hmm. And then our high school football team plays Cedar Falls, so that'll be a good game as well. Those are probably my two things that I am the most interested in this week. How about yourself? Um, very interested. Uh, we've got uh, not only is the NBA starting training camp, uh, but we've got college basketball teams starting practice here. Uh, this week as well with kind of the new rules is they get you know they have 40 days to fit in 30 practices or whatever it is mm-hmm. and so on Friday night uh, we are going down to Lincoln for the opening night for Husker basketball and they're going to have a scrimmage uh, the women are going to scrimmage each other the men are going to scrimmage each other and they're going to do some stuff and then you know added bonus is you get to see your child and, and yeah. that type of thing so you may have a connection on that one <laughs> yeah yeah I think we'll be able to get some seats for it um, so uh, so looking looking forward to uh, looking forward to that starting and then as a byproduct of that uh, us as high school coaches we get to go out and start watching some people practice, and yeah, that and, is fun. And, and we, watching some local coach, whether they're Division One or JUCO or everything in between, uh, get out and watch some practices here over the next month or so to kind of help you gear up and 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 tweak your brain a little bit, getting going into your own season. Yeah, that was one of the things you know you've talked about how coaches hone your craft. I mean, if you're asking kids to get better, we got to get better. And yeah. then you know, I take a look at our resources around here. We have a Division Three. Uh, program here in Cedar Rapids. We have an NAIA program here in Cedar Rapids. We have a JUCO program here in Cedar Rapids. And just down the road, you know, would be Iowa City. We can go watch uh, Coach McCaffrey and the Hawks as well. And yeah. we get out at least a couple times uh, in the fall. And then you've got the, you know, the Iowa Basketball Coaches Association Clinic that, that we attend uh, pretty regularly there as well. Mm-hmm. And so looking forward to that in the month of October. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, again, we're, we're blessed here. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got Midland up here in Fremont. We've got College of St. Mary's here in town. We've got UNO. We've got Creighton 
of course, and, and then Lincoln, you know, so we've got a lot of resources. Well, we got Iowa Western over in Council Bluffs. Uh, so, so we've got a lot of places that we can venture out to as well. So uh, get out, watch some practices, and, you know, make yourself better. Hone your craft, Tony. Hone your craft. Like That's it. what we I say. Like That's it. what we say. So anything else, Mr. Viss? I think that does it for this week. There was a lot of good things there in that preseason stuff, Marty. And, you know, just as, as like we're just talking about as coaches, make sure – you know, you get out there as well and, and sharpen yourself up and get ready for the season and, you know, do the best that you can for your players because they deserve it. Absolutely. And another great way to sharpen yourself up is keep listening to a pen and a napkin podcast. So uh, episode six here of the coaching staff with my good friend, Mr. Tony Viss out of Cedar Rapids, Kennedy High School in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, talking about preseason work and getting your team ready for the season. Hope you've uh, able to take in a, hope you've been able to take a few nuggets out of what we've uh, talked about here this afternoon. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.